0: All right, Troops, strong and conditioned, live and direct from Glasgow, Scotland. So tonight I have the the honour of having the one and only Eric Bugenhagen on board and I must say this is the second time we have spoke this week because we recorded a podcast midweek, however Eric's charisma levels caused the internet to melt down so there was a technical hitch so Eric has been kind enough to come back on again, and that is greatly appreciated. How are you, Eric?
1: Oh, I'm fine, brother. I just got back from the gym. I made sure to give myself uh, at least a five-minute window so that I wouldn't be <laughs> in the car starting the podcast like last time.
0: Yeah, I, I, <laughs> right I must admit, through, you
1: threw three zones.
0: Yeah, you so. threw me a little when I seen you in the car for the podcast. I thought, this guy is professional as fuck. This guy yeah, is just... That's
1: what I do, this man. Is-
0: so what were we doing in the gym prior to the podcast
1: oh brother so today i had an idea so today i went to a gym that's pretty close to my house i got three gym memberships one close one you know medium distance and another just like an hour away worst decision of my life to sign up for that gym i actually got four gym memberships one i don't go to at all so it's just a colossal waste of money but uh today i went to the one close to the house and I, I had a challenge for myself. I said, I wonder if I can strap extra weights onto these dumbbells to make them heavier. Because this is more of a globo gym. This is Crunch Fitness, which is the best <laughs> global gym. It's got like 20 squat racks and platforms. So it's a good it, – it is a good global gym. The problem is the dumbbells go up to 125. They're good quality dumbbells. You got a good thick handle. And they're rubber. And uh, they're not all bent and shit like most – Gyms you go to where the heavy dumbbells are bent, you know what I'm saying? Where people yeah. think that they're getting pretty mighty, so they like hoist the dumbbells and throw them on the floor and they bend them. Oh, brother, nothing drives me insane than a bent dumbbell. But uh, so these ones are good. The only problem is they go up to 125. So I thought to myself, listen, I got a bunch of these resistance bands, these heavy duty bands. What if I just strap weights on the dumbbells? And sure enough, it worked. So. I stuck with fives, extra fives, so I put on three pairs of fives. So I took the 125 and turned it into a 155, and it, it was, like, amazing. So now the next challenge is, like, how many fives do I want to put on? Like, how long do I want to make this freaking dumbbell, or do I want to start putting tens on? You know, I think with the tens, they're a bit taller than the dumbbell, so now it's going to start getting goofy, you know what I'm saying, looking like a child's, yeah. you know, Joe Weeder weight set, where the, the, the freaking shape of it's all just thrown off. But we'll see. I mean, I want to – be able to go to that gym and freaking shoot for 200 pound dumbbells so i think if i use tens or maybe even 25s that should be pretty pretty doable we'll see
0: yeah so so what inspires these challenges
1: well bro i just want to if i go to a gym and i can easily lift the heaviest weight there i'm not inspired you know what i'm saying so like this is a way that i can spice it up going to this same gym because it's close to my house so a lot of days where i don't have much time i just go to this one you know, the freaking lighting's good too. They got some mirrors that stretch you out, which is like they make you look thicker and wider than you are. So, like you can't beat that. That's the most important thing in a gym because if you look good, you feel good. You're gonna freaking perform optimally if you're looking in the mirror like holy buckets, I'm jacked. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I like that feeling. So I'll lift harder, and um, yeah, just like obviously you can do the barbell stuff. You know, I squat, deadlift there bench there plenty, but I like dumbbells. You know, you can't beat a freaking high rep burnout set with dumbbells. So I just figured this is just just, a flash in the pan stroke of brilliance. You know what I'm saying? Why don't I just strap weight on the dumbbells? So (laughs) now it's exciting. Now I'm going to want to go back there every day and just you know, freaking basically tape bigger weights on each time. But it's unlike duct tape. Have you seen people duct tape weights on dumbbells? yeah Have you ever seen that? it's stupid because you're you're putting duct tape and then the weight the weights are getting all sticky and stuff and like duct tape's not even that strong i feel like whereas these bands if you double or triple them up they're like super tight like those probably i had um 30 extra pounds on the dumbbell they didn't even it didn't budge you know what i'm saying so it's just like a, i'm very excited
0: yeah yeah it's so I've seen you in action in gyms, and I know you like to whip the top off now and again to flex and, in the process, mog the whole gym. <laughs> However, if you... Yeah, but, like, is that encouraged in American gyms? Because I work in a Scottish gym, and if you did that in my gym, I would probably have to come up and have a quiet word in your ear until you stop intimidating the other customers.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's, just, it's a case-by-case scenario, you know what I mean? There's a lot of pencil necks that flex in the mirror, and it's just like, <laughs> but if you're going to get someone that's thick and has some girth to them and they're doing it, you know, it's just like, by all means, brother, like you've earned the right to flex, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's I think, so
1: far, I'm not disrespectful, you know? <laughs> I've seen people lifting weights in the gym with their shirt off, and it's like, okay, I put a freaking shirt on. Like, that's just stupid.
0: Yeah, You know yeah. What I mean?
1: But, do you, uh, think yeah, if you take physique... it off and hit a most muscular real quick i think kudos to you how so phys- many people have the balls to take their shirt off and hit a most muscular in front of you know hundreds of people
0: yeah do you think your physique has to be of a certain criteria before you can indulge in such behavior
1: well i mean listen it's a free country <laughs> anyone has the right to do anything they want but if you don't have some thickness to you you're gonna look like a buffoon so, yeah, I think it's a lot respect from the masses where people look at you like, holy yeah, that's he's got some you know, he's got some freaking um voluminous shape, then yeah, by all means, you got to earn that.
0: So, why do you have a membership for four different gyms? Is the mood dictate which gym you will go to on any given day?
1: It's just how I feel, bro. You got to go by how you feel sometimes. You just want um, good lighting, good mirrors to get a good solid pump and just like, holy buckets, I look freaking stacked. Other times, you don't want as many people there. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm going to go to this more quiet gym. I'm going to freaking, you know, zercher squat. And I don't know. Like, it's just, it depends. It's case by case. It depends on how you feel. It depends on, uh, sometimes you get sick of gyms. You just need to change up the scenario. You know, and like, that's just kind of, well, and then in one of the gyms was the dumbbells went up to 200 and they're in really good shape. And I was like, well, frick, I want to make it a goal to press these. So I'm going to sign up. So I'm going to come to this gym more often. problem is that gym's an hour away. So I just end up pissing away at thousands of dollars. But my yeah. intentions were good. My intentions were that if I sign up, I'm going to freaking rise to the occasion and hit these big boys. And they had a lot of mm-hmm. other cool like equipment that I, a lot of gyms don't have like they have like a Viking press and like a earthquake bar, like a motto lift and stuff, just kind of stuff that most gyms don't have. So it's like in my mind, because I am a big home gym enthusiast, I've bought a lot of workout equipment. You got to look at the freaking risk versus reward here. Yes, I'm risking spending a thousand dollars on membership, but I'm getting to use all this equipment that if I bought it myself, it would be like tens of thousands. Like you know, problem is, I have four gym memberships, so it's I just never find the time to go out there.
0: Do you still have a home gym?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I'm more into it than ever. So I, you know, I was a huge garage enthusiast when I moved to Florida. Sweltering hot, 100 plus degrees in there every day, 100 percent humidity. Um, that was kind of my home for many years. Before that, that was a basement in Wisconsin. Nice cold and damp. That was the best environment ever. Like air conditioning and just the music, just ear bleeding volume for the music. And it was just incredible. The garages are got to be a little bit more considerate because I have neighbors, right? You know what I mean? Like with kids and, you know, I scream and i will cuss from time to time. I gotta be mindful of that. But, um, so I bought a house last year specifically with a master bedroom that I wanted to make the gym. So I wanted to have an uh, indoor gym and an outdoor gym. So I have a garage gym and a master bedroom gym. Um, <laughs> I found that unnecessary damage was being caused to the room. I was being very careful. It was like a wooden floor and stuff. So like I just found that I just wasn't bringing that intensity that I needed. So I just um, swiped that room clean, the master and now I just put everything in the garage. I had to throw away some other equipment I have just to make room. But now I'm, I'm back in the garage, and it's been yeah. good so far. I've done an 800-pound behind-the-back deadlift in there two weeks ago. Uh, I'm starting to go psycho again. You know what I mean? It's all about just the, it's all about just the freaking, you know, the circumstances. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I have a tooth cranking. I can go psycho. I got all the weights. You know, I have like a million specialty bars in there. So it's a good environment. Again, it's just all about the headspace you're in. If I want to go to the gym, look at ultra wide mirrors with amazing lighting and and mog the local community, I'll go there and do that. <laughs> if I wanna stay home and really dig deep, maybe live stream um you know, a PR, I like that. I like a thousand people, you know, two thousand eyeballs watching me as I attempt do or die to smash, you know, debilitating weights. I like that as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a man so, let me get... variety is the spice of life, so you gotta yeah. change anything up. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, four gyms obviously demonstrates that point, mm-hmm. but tell me, right? So, you've said that you've turned the master bedroom into a gym. Were you still sleeping in the master bedroom at the same time?
1: No, unfortunately, not. I sleep in the guest room, so the small <laughs> room, and that's because the, the gym's the priority. You know what I mean? My life yeah. revolves. That like the barbell on the rack. They get the master. I will sleep in the guest room. Right? <laughs>
0: how how did you convince your other half to allow you to convert the master bedroom into a gym?
1: Well, she knows how important it is to me. I've been with her long enough, and I said, "Listen, if I'm gonna buy a freaking house, I want an indoor gym." You know what I mean? Because it's the lifting outside my goodness what are you doing lifting outside in florida gets extremely hot this guy is gonna bite this plant and he's gonna pull that down it's gonna smash in the head i don't know if you can see that you're gonna pull that plant down what are you doing so yeah it was just a mutual agreement she knows me well enough now she's not surprised by anything come on
0: yeah yeah okay so i usually start my podcast but we've obviously went on a slight tangent to be expected yeah. To explain the origins of their fitness journey. And is that something that you can share with us, please, Eric?
1: The origins of my fitness journey? Yes. Okay. Well, basically, I've been lifting for 25 years now, and it's a very long time. I've been lifting since I was 11 years old. Um, I was somewhat of a pencil neck at the age of 11. I was bullied by my brother and his friends who was, uh, you know, a teenager, a puberty-driven teenager up the wazoo and here I am pencil neck, scrawny neck, you know, slunched shoulders very narrow waist so the genetics were there but (laughs) the thickness just wasn't there okay, so my dad um, he always had like a really shitty home gym like a weeder, multi gym station, the freaking bench with the concrete weights whatever, so when I was like you know growing up from ages zero to 11 I was surrounded with that really shitty home gym equipment and then it wasn't until I was 11 10 or 11 I uh, my dad bought like better home gym equipment so now we're talking steel plates you know a squat rack just the real deal you know what I'm saying from yeah. Sears, the department store. You get the freaking multi-station again. Let's ramp it up a notch and let's get the squat rack. And uh, my uncle was a personal trainer at Bally's Total Fitness. And I think my brother started wrestling a year before I did. And I think my dad didn't want him to get his ass whooped. So my dad hired our uncle to personal train my brother. And my brother would, like, do good stuff. He would squat and do all that you know, barbell free weight movements and I would watch Scooby-Doo and I was like, you know, just a terrified, um, just a pencil neck, scared, didn't want to work out, watching cartoons, eating gummy bears. And my brother would come up from stairs like ah, 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 just like soaked in sweat, dehydrated. I would hear the grunting in the basement. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm terrified of that. And then as I turned to like uh, 11, sixth grade, I don't know, I guess the freaking testosterone started being produced from my gonads. I naturally just <laughs> went downstairs. I'm like, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to start doing this shit. And I just like, started with like, you know, just doing BS, like curls and like lat pull downs and pull-ups and things of that sort. All the good stuff, you know, for a nice pump. Blood vessels exploding in my arms, capillaries exploding, feeling the lactic acid through the roof. Like what a sensation that was. And I kind of just got hooked on that. And uh, I feel like at that age, sixth grade, I mean, we're talking arm wrestling kids in the classroom, um, you know, fights during recess and all that kind of stuff. And it just really like, it's what I want. I mean, it was a good, you know what I mean? Like, freaking, I was developing. You know what I'm saying? I could see some muscles bulging, you know, tiny string being, you know, Pathetic arms, but the yeah. separation was coming, you know. And then I got into wrestling, seventh grade, and I just, uh, again, that was a new sensation. Couldn't believe how exhausted I was, and my freaking lactic acid—just totally type of different training. And I just saw how that, how much uh, lifting helped me with wrestling. And um, it's wrestling's a bunch of pulling and stuff, so I just got really obsessed with doing pull-ups and lat pull-downs and rows, and just getting a thick wide horseback, you know, and basically just did kind of bodybuilding training through high school until college. Still liked bodybuilding, watched Pumping Iron all the time as a kid. Freaking, you know what really got me into it probably was seven years old, I was in Best Buy and I I bought the Conan the Barbarian VHS. First of all, the times were different in the 90s. I went to Best Buy by myself. My parents own a print shop and I think I crossed the street to go to Wendy's or something and I'm like, well, I'll just go to, I'll go to Best Buy as well. I think I was supposed to buy them probably lunch or something from Wendy's, and I, I probably took the change, and I went to Best Buy, and I saw Conan the Barbarian on VHS, and I just bought that. Seven-year-old kid. And <laughs> watched that movie every day. You know, freaking Arnold. I mean, this is, like, when Arnold, like, I think it's like, shortly after, before, I don't know, like, the 1980s Mr. Olympia or whatever. So, he was jacked. You know, not the Arnold that we all you know, a door, 1974, Arnold, but, you know, talking 1980 Arnold, you know, he's, he's lean, he's ripped, he's bulbous. And as a kid, I just couldn't process this freaking physique, you know, I have the long hair chopping heads off with swords. So I think that's just like, was an innate drive in me that I need to become Conan the barbarian. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then just through high school and stuff, I just, well, um, middle school bought the Arnold encyclopedia of bodybuilding, tried reading that sucker like 10,000 pages long. Um, just seeing all these pictures, just these freaking freaks. Couldn't wrap my mind around how these guys were so full and strided, you know. I'm just this pencil neck kid. And uh, yeah, and then got into college, kept bodybuilding with my friends. Like bodybuilding training, not actually bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, although I didn't want to compete at one point because I was freaking shredded for wrestling. Because I had to cut weight anyways. I cut down to 184 pounds, you know. And naturally yeah. I was... 210 pounds like when I wasn't cutting, so I was cutting a shit ton of weight, and it was terrible. Yeah. I was pissing like black, and I was... I had, like, pretty... I basically think I got an eating disorder, because I was... Our coach would just really just get on our ass about being over 10 pounds overweight. Like, he would always weigh us in, and if you weren't within 10 pounds of your weight class, he would just chew your ass out and make you run stadiums and shit. So I always was, like, terrified of gaining too much weight. And I remember one night, I was, like, you know, partying with my friends, like, oh, check your weight, and I was like 40 pounds overweight, you know what I mean, this is crazy, Um, yeah, I mean, basically just wrestling and shit, once I was done with wrestling, I um, try to get more into powerlifting stuff just for a little bit, but um, I told you this before, I'll say it again, when I was in college, I worked out at um, a few different gyms, but I went to another, um, it's called Princeton Club, like a big commercial gym, bodybuilding gym kind of. And just, like, a random Russian guy who I owe a lot of respect and credit to, like, just kind of approached me and asked me how much I could deadlift, and he was just disgusted by how weak I was, even though, because I was I was pretty big. I was probably, like, 220 pounds at that point. Um, so, he, like, invited me over to his house to just, like, deadlift. So, I, I took him up on <laughs> an offer. He'd teach me how to do, like, deadlift squats, how to bench properly, how to kettlebell swing how to do behind the back deadlifts and all that and his dad was like raised like the soviet union for weightlifting there so i was like all right this guy this guy freaking knows what he's talking about you know and then after that kind of stuff i got more deep down the rabbit hole of like t nation and charles poliquin and all that kind of like more advanced training tempos and all that shit now which is becoming a fad again but uh yeah i mean that was like 15 years ago And then basically got done with college, did a little, tried a little powerlifting stuff, realized that like, listen, everybody wants to power lift, but nobody does like behind the back deadlifts and shit. So I just went all in on doing that. And then just saw other stupid variations and went crazy with it. And basically is like, you know what? I'm such a cookie cutter. I'm trying to, I'm training the way everyone else does. What if I just, cause I was obsessed with stuff. So at points, like it wasn't even my intention. I was like, just I just did this exercise yesterday, but frick, I just, I just want to do it again. You know what I mean? And I just found that I was just, the more I did it, the stronger I got. And I was like, damn, this is just crazy. Like, and it's basically just like discovered, like, basically on my own without actually knowing about like Bulgarian training. You know what I mean? Just like doing yeah. the same exercise every day. Um, yeah. yeah, soft maxes, which were, you know, I think that's how it's supposed to be, but I was just grinding maxes every single day. But I never got hurt doing that kind of shit and just really got drawn into kind of doing dumb lifts and going crazy with them and kind of morphed me into the man I am today. I realized that it's like, holy shit, like we're a lot stronger. You know what I mean? We're a lot stronger than we think we are. And the proof of the pudding was that like every day I was putting at least five pounds on my my lifts. And it's just because I was so freaking hungry and driven and like, I believe, I really believed it and I was confident that I could do it. And it's like, anytime I doubted a lift for a second, I would fail doing it. It's just like, it was just, it was like a light bulb, man. It's like, fuck, like, this is just all really mental. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many times we freak, psych ourselves out. Like my wife today, for instance, she was doing, um, reverse lunges and she wanted me to spot her at 175 pounds. And she like freaking smoked it. I'm like, holy shit. That was like so easy. I'm like, just go up and wait. She's like, oh, I just like. Uh, I just, uh, I feel like I'm not stable. I'm like, well, you're freaking down yourself. I'm like, if I spot you, just focus on the weight and just crush it. And I can tell she's just in her own head. And when she's, once you're in your head, it's like, you might as well just give up. Like you're not going to successfully smash PRs when you're doubting that you have the ability to do so. You know what I mean? You have to be hungry. You have to be driven. You have to be confident. And that's how you just keep climbing the ladder of strength, really. I feel like a lot of people say, limitations in their minds. It's like, oh, if I could just bench 405, and that's how they're thinking. It's like if I could just bench for and then they're failing at like 395 or they're failing close to their goal. Whereas if they just set their frick set the bar really high. You know what I'm saying? And not like I don't know, not overthink it. You know what I mean? Just some one way or another you have to know that you can do it. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times I did tricks of like Really heavy eccentric overloading, like static holds and shit like that, to just kind of get comfortable feeling really heavy ass weights. So that, and then I would do like a real a static hold or an eccentric with like a hundred pounds more than what I was going for. Just like, oh yeah. shit! And then you strip the weight and you're like, oh okay, yeah, this feels this feels doable. You know what I mean? And if you, the second you tell yourself, "I can do this," usually you'll succeed.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. So you go like a whirlwind. It- Eric, there's so much to unpack there. I want to go back to yeah, the uh, wrestling. Yeah, I'll give you a lecture. <laughs> no, no, it's so much information. And I'm trying to think what part can I ask a question on first? And you've, you've took me down that rabbit hole. But I wanted to talk about the wrestling and how it worked in synergy with the bodybuilding style training because I'm, I'm under the impression that wrestling is a lot of conditioning based. Training, so how yeah. are you man- managing to like blend the bodybuilding style at home but at the same time doing the the, the conditioning drills at wrestling?
1: Well, it's really hard. I mean, basically, I was just always just flat, you know what I'm saying, weak, flat, no pump ever just because of being so sucked down from like wrestling practices and the conditioning we have to do there. Um, but I mean, like, as long as you just It was, I mean, I wasn't doing anything like optimally, I would say, because like I also had to do, like uh, I think we did kind of like push pull legs, or maybe we did like an upper lower split for wrestling. Like we also had to do strength and conditioning, you know, or strength strength training in college at least. Um, In high school, it's not even the same story, you know what I mean? High school wrestling practice wasn't nearly as intense, and I would just go home, I would eat, and then I would do, you know, your basic jabroni like body part split. Whereas college was, that was a different animal to try to work around. That was very difficult because that was, you know, wake up at six in the morning, go to strength and conditioning for wrestling. You know what I mean? Do like, uh, whether it was bench or squat and then like accessories and stuff and then go to class and then at three o'clock, go back to wrestling practice and then just, you know, three hours of just getting killed. And then getting back to the apartment, you know, my my roommate wants to go to the gym and do like you know bodybuilding split <laughs> so you can see there's a ton of shit it's very difficult but i think it set me up in terms of like um probably the most important thing and that's just like fatigue experiencing real exhaustion and fatigue and knowing like when i actually was overtrained so that's the thing like yeah. a lot of times people oh i'm scared of overtraining you know what i mean <laughs> like brother i've been over like you can't even get out of bed like you feel like your legs are led And, like, you just can't get out of bed. Like, I would get home from, like, practice and stuff, and I would just, like, I just couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't, you know what I mean? I couldn't move. You're just so fucking dead. Uh, So, once I experienced all that, like, once I was done with wrestling, and, like, I was like, oh, shit, I can work out every day. This isn't even close to, this is is not going to lead to overtraining for me. You know what I'm saying? And I would even do, like, two, I would lift a lot, two times a day. And it still wasn't the feeling. I think it's with all the cardio, the conditioning kind of stuff, that's really what catches up to you, you know, and wrestling practice is basically just cardio for like three hours straight.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, so, yeah. That's the you. But I mean, I, I wasn't like, bu- I couldn't bulk or anything because I had to, I had to make weight too, you know what I mean? So it's like, honestly, like my training was probably pretty counterproductive, you know what I mean? I was doing too yeah. much. But again, I mean, I think what it did was it really set up like a good work capacity for me. And it taught yeah. me how to like dig deep and push through basically. So, yeah, was yeah. it optimal? Absolutely not. Yeah. When it was really good, it built a, a very strong mentality.
0: That's a very interesting point you've raised with regards to what capacity. Do you think that what capacity is something that is lacking in the, 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 the training environment nowadays?
1: I feel like for just like Joe Schmoes that go to the gym, absolutely. The thing is, like, as long as you're a kid and you're growing up in athletics and stuff, I feel like athletics are getting pretty extreme in today's day and age. Everyone's specializing in sports. Like my daughter's 7 years old and she goes to and she does dance and she dances, I swear to god, for like 3 or 4 hours a day. So that's building up a hell of a work capacity. So when the time is right and she finally accepts dad's assistance to get jacked and stacked, <laughs> I don't think she'll be complaining about like, you know, overtraining and stuff. Because she's building a really good foundation in terms of like work ethic and um yeah, just like general physical preparedness, whatever the fuck the term is. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So what so would you? Are, uh...
1: like, I think for the most part, people go to the gyms and they're doing like arm day. Oh, I'm just so I need a day <laughs> off. It's like, bro, arm so, day. We... We a day off.
0: What advice would you give to people in order to help them build their work capacity to like start to develop a training style similar to your own?
1: I do the most important thing, not important, but in my mind, the most important thing is just to go to the gym every day. I think that people taking days off and stuff. I think that's bullshit. I think there's always, there's always a reason you can go to the gym. Obviously not to say be a, you know, don't be a loser and have no life, but it doesn't take much time to go to the gym, like an hour or so like even if you're exhausted or not like usually you'll leave the gym feeling better you know what i mean like whether it's just going and doing like calves or freaking walking on an incline treadmill i would never do that shit but i'm just saying like i would go and anytime i feel beat the fuck up and like tired i'll just do like arms and shoulders because that yeah. gets you fired up no matter who you are who doesn't want to look in the mirror and see like a bulbous bicep or a striated deltoid you know what i mean like <laughs> Like yeah, that's a hell of a day off for me. That's a fun day. Like that's going to the to the playground.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking a calf day would be quite. Uh, yeah, it it, be too to, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So hey, if that's what, if that's what you do. You're like, oh, I'm gonna like, just so sore. You know, go for, just go do calves. You know what I mean? Just like have fun. Go to the gym and have fun. I feel like a lot of times everyone's people. Bro, I think the problem is people look at the gym as, like, work. And, yes, obviously yeah. you're working out, but the gym is not work. You're yeah, working yeah. out. It doesn't mean it's work. Like, I go to the gym, like, I, it's like the, my favorite thing to wake up in the morning is, yeah, fuck yeah, I get to go work out. You know what I mean? Like, you're tired, like, how does, like, jumping on a box and stuff, like, how does that sound? Oh, god dig it, I gotta jump and hoist weights and get swall and bulbous and, you know, voluminize my muscles and volumize whatever you know
0: what i'm saying like yeah i feel like yeah I agree. I agree i think you should have fun in the gym but sometimes i'm also like there's that contradiction where i think that the exercises that are going to net the most profound response shouldn't be fun to perform they should be quite excruciating to a certain degree well i feel like
1: you can you can spin your perspective on that though to make you enjoy that you know what yeah. i'm saying like there's ways to make it fun i feel like i don't know i mean i'm I'm mentally ill so I guess maybe my perspective is not the same as everyone else's but like the exercises that the basics that are the most effective you know what I mean squat variations deadlift variations heavy presses like if you don't find that stuff fun I don't know what the hell what the hell do you find fun then? You know what okay, I mean? so like, how, how
0: do you make a session fun what's that how do you make a session fun in that oh, respect oh bro
1: there's a million ways first of all always add variety right like I just, it's like going to the freaking laboratory. You know what I mean? And just trying new science experiments. Like yesterday, for instance, I did, um, I was like, what if I do like a dead, like a semi sumo stance like that with, and what if I like do a box squat kind of like the same starting position as I would start a deadlift. So I did that. And then I went straight to that same semi sumo stance deadlift and I wanted to see how that would carry over and, of course, if I want to really see how it carry over, i got to muster up the strength to give it my all. I don't know. It's just like experiments. I think it's just fun to do experiments. Like today, I went to the gym today. Hey, let me see if I can strap weights on the dumbbells to make them heavier. You know what I mean? It's just like you're going yeah. to do experiments. The other day, I said, hey, let me bring some of these resistance bands and see if I can hook them up to this incline bench in a, some sort of weird contraption and see if I can add some extra mechanical tension to it. You know what I mean? If Let's see yeah. if I can... Do a deadlift between my legs or behind my back. Let's see how that feels. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but- I just find that shit fun. I think the stuff you- is not fun. It's just doing millions of reps on, you know, like tempos. I don't know. But even that's fun, man. It's all about perspective. It, you know, it depends on your perspective. You can just warp your mind around anything. I just feel like yeah. movement, movement is fun.
0: Yeah, do you like? Would would you agree though that you need to reach a certain level before you can have fun? Because let's be honest, Eric, you you you're at an elite level. You're a professional athlete, so you have earned the right to have fun. But would someone not be more better off if they had to learn the basics before they have the right to have fun?
1: Well, I feel like. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me, but like when I, started, when I started lifting for like 11 until 23, I never looked at lifting really as that fun. And then it's when I started really focusing on the basics. Cause remember when I was 11, I started with bodybuilding and stuff. And I did that until I was like 23. And that's like boring ass, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger split two hours of just mind numbing, stupid bullshit exercises. And once I was like 23 at So, 22 or 23, that's when I started really getting into, like, deadlifts and squats and bench pressing, different ways to do it. Like, doing pin presses, you know what I mean? Pin squats, different heights of rack pulls and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, shit, this this is fun. And this is how I can, when I get stronger with this stuff, everything else gets stronger with it. Because these are the freaking heavy-duty compound movements that make you just thick and freaking strong. Whereas, when I was doing the bodybuilding shit, it's just like you might get a pump and then the pump disappears after an hour and you go back to the gym the next day and you're never getting any stronger. I think the shit that's not fun is just, I think it becomes not fun because you don't see any progress. I think that's when you're eventually yeah. like, this is, fucking, this is work. I just got to go and I got to do three sets of 10 here and four sets of eight with this. And and you're not moving any weight. Like you're not getting any stronger. If you're not progressively putting more weight on the bar, it be, becomes a chore and a task. and like, so I think it's just how you approach your training, and if you're doing it in like a well-executed way to progressively move more weight. You know, I think it's just like cookie-cutter bullshit workouts from like magazines or a fucking coach that doesn't even know who you are. You know what I mean? Telling you, all right, this is what you got to do. And so, yes, sir, coach, let me do this bullshit workout. And then, how did it feel? Oh, the weights moved okay. I don't know. I don't believe in it because it's. I feel like. To truly have fun doing it, it's like you have, It's like lifting is almost like an art. It's a form yeah. of expression, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I go to yeah, four, I different, four different gyms or a home gym because <laughs> I have to go off of how I feel that day.
0: Yeah. So that, that's actually an interesting point as well because how do you approach a training session? Do you have an actual structure program or do you just have a more instinctive approach? to a training session
1: it depends on what phase of my life we're talking about you know what i mean because uh for the the majority of my career i guess online that everyone knows me for it was like specificity stuff i would usually pick a movement i would do it almost every single day and just progressively try to move a couple more pounds every day or if i couldn't move five more pounds i would drop the weight down and at least try to get one more rep and i would do that in like blocks so i would do that for like a couple weeks usually and then i would switch a movement that was similar but different enough, different to the point where it wouldn't cause like overuse injury, or different enough where it was fresh and exciting, and I could progressively get a little stronger with that every week. Um, so that's like for the majority of my YouTube stuff. That's what revolves around that. And now, um, well, with the professional wrestling stuff, I had to put more emphasis on like my physique. You know what I'm saying? Before I only cared about my strength. So. I had to be a little bit more methodical. It couldn't be so simple in that regard. So basically the thing that I found with that is kind of the same idea with the specificity for strength. But afterwards I would just, you know, just do a lot more pump bullshit. Not pump, you know, I would never go and do like just for a pump. I would never do that. I'm still trying to move weight no matter what I'm doing. But um, basically I guess the, the best thing that I found worked for me is like just, a push pull legs style for strength yeah. and for uh, size basically. You know, I don't the yeah. body body part split. I think is bullshit basically. I think that's yeah. not. I don't think it's not enough frequency. So basically, basically, kind of where I'm at right now is um, on my lower body. I mean, basically I'm just doing upper lower right now. So I said push pull legs. I was doing that for a bit, but I, I feel like upper lower is the best. I think that's the best. It worked best for me at least. So today it was upper and it was, you know, heavy pressing. So yesterday was lower, but it was a squat and a deadlift. So it was like lower body and a pull at the same time. So like the heavy fucking deadlifts, brother. My back, my traps, my lats are getting worked to shit. You know what I mean? And on the pressing days, like obviously your shoulders, your chest, and I'll usually warm up my my upper back base. I'll just do like reverse flies and that kind of stuff to get warm for my heavy pressing so my shoulders feel mm-hmm. the And then yeah. I'll finish do you know? pump like for my arms or something if I have time. But like tomorrow, yeah. I'll probably do a squat or a deadlift variation again. So, or both. I usually, I like to do a squat before I deadlift to kind of prime up my like nervous system. Then by squat, it doesn't have to be a squat. I mean like a squatting, like even like, like a leg press or something before I deadlift. Get my freaking CNS fired up.
0: So, so how how is your knee coping with squatting at this point
1: well that was the hardest thing um obviously patellar tendon you know your quad tendon basically um so i got pretty strong in like my posterior chain because i couldn't really comfortably bend my knee for like a year so i was just doing everything it was just very hip dominant but you know for the for rehab i was doing like two to three hours of legs every single day For like nine months so it it was my job basically to rehab so i was fortunate in that regard to be able to give it that much time and have somebody telling me what to do and that's just that's what i'm saying when they're telling you what to do and you don't feel like doing it now it's becoming a job so literally it was my job but the funny thing is because i enjoy lifting so much before that three hours of leg work every day for rehab i would go to the gym and i would do upper body (laughs) two hours (laughs) so i would end up lifting for five hours a day Every day, (laughs) other than the weekends.
0: (laughs) Did the knee injury affect you mentally when you go into these exercises?
1: Yeah, for sure. What the frick is this? You want to uh, use it? How's this shit? Sure. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And it still does to an extent, but that's why I have to find what mentally I can push through and what you know stay away from. Kind of what I can't like. So basically. How I blew my knee out was a lot of weight was off centered on me and I took a step back and because I was stepping back, it loaded up like my quad, one leg, my quad to like the extreme and it just pulled too hard and ripped. Um, so the thing that's most similar to that is like a heavy squat, you know what I mean? Because you're unracking the weight and you're walking backwards. Yeah. With so that's the scariest thing for me is just walking backwards with weight. So the stuff that doesn't freak me out is where I don't have to move with the weight at all. And it's not super like knee dominant, super leg drive dominant. So, deadlift variations were great for me to still push heavy weights and kind of get a little bit of that knee stress that I need to keep getting stronger with it. And, you know, I started with basic stuff like Romanian deadlifts at first, just a teensy little bit of knee bend, right? To conventional deadlifts with that. And then to um, like a higher trap bar deadlift. And now I've progressed like a behind-the-back deadlift. So it's just more knee bend. And after, I promise you, really, like after I did the behind-the-back deadlift for like a week or so, now going back to squatting, my knees just feel so much like str- stronger. And I don't know if it's like physically or if it's just mentally because now I know that I've like, I've lifted 800 pounds with a very knee-dominant movement. You know what I mean? So it's been it's been a year and a half, I think, since I've had surgery. So I just got to trust yeah body and the recovery process at this point but yeah it's very scary it's a it's a mental block and honestly and that's what i'm saying that's probably why i have not squatted a lot more than I, I or squatted as much as i probably could at this point because i just yeah. don't have that confidence so that's what i was saying going back to the first point that if you don't have the confidence you're never going to reach your like peak potential physicality
0: yeah, yeah. So was that injury the first major injury you have experienced?
1: Uh no, I had an ACL and meniscus tear that happened too, which is probably not quite as difficult, but that one's pretty serious as well. That was a nine month mm-hmm. that was about yeah, it's supposed to be a seven to nine month recovery of the tendon supposedly seven to nine month recovery or so. Both of them usually take about a year until you feel pretty good, and then two years until, like, you never think about it again, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like and, and what?
1: I feel like in six months so, from now, I won't even be thinking about my knee anymore.
0: So, so when did that first injury occur? Uh,
1: that was um, 2017, so I got hmm. a, I believe I got a sprained uh, MCL, like a slight tear in my MCL, and I want to say my meniscus from, like, a, a move, in, the, in a match because, um, you know, you're giving your body to someone and then they just just trust that everything goes right. And sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> That's how those injuries usually happen. But that was the first time I've ever been tweaked and I didn't really realize it. So I was doing um, ridiculous, like 735-pound, like, Zercher rack pull <laughs> with a really wide stance. And when I was just grinding through it, I think because I had like the stability of my knee was compromised, my knee just exploded from doing that. So yeah. Yeah, Maybe, yeah I mean so, I was, those were the two injuries, but before that I've never been hurt, you know, and I've been so it's just like the it's all the uncertainty BS that led to it. Because like for me it progressively ramping up every single day and doing movements that don't require like any athleticism for lifting, you know what I'm saying? You're just You're just in one place. You're just picking it up and putting no. it down. It's not very athletic, like that. Yeah. That stuff's never really injured me. It's all the other stuff that giving your body to someone and then things don't go right, and then it's like, oh shit, I'm not. wasn't warmed up enough for that. You know? Yeah. So, so how you does? it the- think with the warm ups and all that. I mean, it's for lifting and all that. Like, as long as I spend way more time in my warm than I do with the actual like working sets you know what I mean I'll do like one maybe two working sets per exercise another it's like 15 warm-up sets you know and I feel <laughs> like that's I feel like that's kind of what keeps me from getting like injured you know what I mean yeah so, packs or tearing biceps or any of that kind of stuff
0: but, but your your warm up sets will be a normal man's work sets because I'd imagine your increments are like once you start getting up into that fifth warm up set you just start to still hit some heavy weight.
1: Uh, I mean, it depends. I mean, like for bench and bench and squat and deadlift and all, I would start with the bar. You know,
0: right?
1: Like for yeah. bench, for instance, yeah, like bench classic warm up for me is the bar. Then put 95 pounds, 135 pounds, 185 pounds, 225, 275, 315, 365, 405. You
0: know what I mean? So it's a lot of sets leading up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many reps do you perform in a warm-up set? Do you try to keep yourself fresh for the warm sets? I've,
1: got, I've gone through phases of doing that for, like, peak strength. That's where myself out. Like, I've done, yeah, sets of one all the way up to my max weight. But now as I get older, I'm trying to be a little bit more responsive. My main priority is like, yeah, I want to lift the biggest weights possible, but I don't want to get hurt. So now like the bench, for instance, I'll do empty bar for like just like pulsing it and just holding it and stretching it. And just, you know what I mean? Like 50 reps or so, 95 pounds. I'll do it for like the same thing. Just hold it for like hold it deep for the stretch. You know what I mean? Just kind of pulse it a bit. some just everything as loose as possible. And that same thing, like 135, I'll do it for like 10 reps. So 185, same. 220. I'm, so I'm basically doing high reps for my warm-ups now. Like, yeah, I'm going to lose some strength, but I'll be damn sure that if I fail the lift, it's because my muscle's too fatigued and not because my like tendon wasn't strong enough, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask a question about the injury as well. Um, I, I keep getting sidetracked here because you keep giving me all these golden bits, But what... <laughs> When you suffered these injuries, how 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 did you cope with it mentally? To go from a guy who trains like an absolute animal every single day, then you suffer a really severe injury, and you you know that next day, like, I am not training for a while. How the fuck am I going to deal with
1: this? What's going through your head? Well, the first time, because I've had, you know, two serious surgeries. The first time was really hard. Um... And plus, when your body's recovering from, like, surgery, it's in, like, panic mode, and it's just, like, you are just melt away. It's just using all the resources it can to heal that injury. So you're just, you're losing body fat, but you're also just, the muscles just, like, just sucking off of you. So it's very <laughs> that was very depressing. That was, like, the lightest I've been in, like, 10 years after I had that surgery, um, that first surgery. But I guess I just kind of wrapped my head around it, like, well, you know, I haven't taken a day off in forever, and I was doing, like, lifting twice a day and doing all this other stuff so i was like well maybe this is the reset my body needs you know what i mean so that's kind of what kind of kept me kept me um sane that first time But it was i mean i lost my mind that first time because i didn't lift for six weeks i don't I, i don't think i was allowed to and then um this second time i just said again it was just my perspective i was like all right well whatever i'll just get my upper body as jacked as possible, you know? And, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so I just, I went in it totally differently. And yeah. she said, oh, the legs are going to shrink. They're going to be what they are. I'm going to get weak and all that. But, like, my upper body is going to be just so fucking jacked. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just did, like, forearms and deltoids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at first, too, because you don't want to do anything that's going to compromise your recovery. So it's just, like, just super lightweight. Tons and tons and tons of reps. And then yeah. start going to the gym again. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, it's just like a million reps on the machine. Just like, I never, I never trained that way. So it was exciting to be, to finally try something new. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, Did looking you- back, it's like I, doing millions of reps on the machine was stupid. And like, but it doesn't compare to like hoisting huge loads on freeway. <laughs> but it was, uh, like, it was another fun experiment, basically. And it yeah. kept me. Kept It maintained, like, my size a bit, and um, once I made the switch to the free weights, I didn't lose too much strength, and then I just got, like, bigger and stronger than ever because, again, I was doing uh, three hours of rehab for my knee, but, you know, for the first, like, few months, it's bullshit. It's just, like, trying to bend your knee, you know what I mean? And it's, like, trying to just, like, bodyweight squat and, like, just basic movements because you're just so tight and weak. So, it's like, that was the BS I had to deal with, but when I went to the gym, I was just, just, like, just lateral raises every day you know benching every day pull out just like just went crazy with upper body which i've never done before because i always yeah. hearing so much about, like you know strength and like big barbell movements so it, was, it i don't know it's all about perspective bro it changed my perspective it made me be like all right well, i have no choice i have to just do a million reps of lightweight and we'll see what happens yes.
0: Because I i assume, like a a guy like yourself who's who lifts with such frequency, it becomes part of your identity over time, and oh, it's sure.
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be, when yeah, no, it's
0: no, taken no, away from you. Am. Sorry.
1: I just said yeah for sure. This is who I am. You know, when I'm 80 years yeah. old, I'll be doing the same shit. Or I'm a man of extremes, so I'll probably like. Do ultra marathons or something? If, if that time comes, i like, I'm sick of you know muscles. <laughs> but I have to so, be extreme with something. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So, so I, I want to move on to the YouTube. What inspired you to create a YouTube channel originally?
1: Um, that's a good question. I can't. I'm trying to think of what made me feel like I should start uploading. Oh, you know what it was? It was um, like originally in 2012, I made the YouTube channel and that was because like I was doing, I was like the strength coach for the state of Wisconsin high school wrestling. So like, yeah, the Wisconsin State Wrestling Commission or something like paid me to be like the strength coach to create like a program and stuff for like wrestlers that were interested in that. So I, like, made a YouTube channel just to, like, demonstrate certain movements. You know what I mean? Like kettlebell swings and dynamic warm-ups and stuff. Really low-quality crap. No entertainment value whatsoever. And then um, I think I did that in 2012. And then I got away from it once that was, yeah. Because that was more of just, like, an instructional thing for, not for, like, monetary sake or entertainment sake or anything like that. And then I had that channel, and I just was seeing a lot on, like, YouTube of, like, kids doing, like, 700-pound deadlifts and shit, and I was like, fuck, I feel like I, and they were getting, like, a lot of, um a lot of engagement and stuff, like, being hyped up a lot, and I was like, well, I feel like I can do that. So, I was, yeah, that's what it was. So, then, like, in 2013 or so, I had the intention of doing it, but... I didn't want to upload a video until I could deadlift 700 pounds, like a conventional deadlift of 700 pounds. And, like, I was got to, like, midway. I just felt like I wasn't worthy of uploading unless I could deadlift 700 pounds, which is funny. But YouTube was just different back then. It's like nobody wants to yeah. see it unless it's 700. And then once I, I kind of really got into, I went all in with, like, behind-the-back deadlifting and stuff. And I was like, well, screw it. No one's doing this. I'll just upload this and kind of just see what happens. Like, I don't know. And, like, um, so, yeah, I was doing, like, 700-pound behind-the-back deadlifts. And um, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of organically happened. I didn't really have the intention of, like, being a YouTuber or anything. Because I was, like, a strength and conditioning coach back then when I started doing that stuff. So, I think it was just, like, to display my strength, basically. I think it was for me to – pro. you know what it was? It was for me to track my progress. Because I was – I didn't have like a diary, like a journal or anything. I went through that phase like in my early twenties of the journal. But I was like, you know what, screw that. I don't need to write down this BS. It's just like seven sixty-five for one. And then like, did I hit that for two the other time? That way for two or whatever. I don't know. So I just started uploading online kind of as like a a virtual uh, training log, you know?
0: Yeah. And yeah, very so
1: I started getting a following, and I started to become like it was like a pretty, very underground. You know what I mean, like behind the back deadlifts and stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, really, that's it, man. And then I don't know. Somehow, it just started taking off, and that there was never any intention of that, really. Yeah. And then I, yeah. That once I started like talking more and giving my opinion. That's when I started getting more like of a following. Right. And I was like, oh, pretty cool. I mean, people care what I say. And,
0: yeah, I don't know. that's what I want, I want to get onto because. On
1: right helps me to try to understand like what's happening here as well so it's just i don't know it's just like a very natural thing i think going like oh i'm gonna start a youtube channel and become a youtuber and make some money and it's gonna be high quality content you know i think that's why it's always staged as shit quality content
0: yeah yeah there's a couple of things that i find quite uh, shocking almost in what you said there the first one being that It blows my mind to think that your initial foray into YouTube was making, like, tutorial videos, which is something I don't associate with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it didn't feel right. It's just, like, I I, I, I did it because they wanted me to do it, to kind of show stuff. Yeah. And I I also had no experience uploading, so it's just very, like, bad quality.
0: Yeah, I I can can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, is that, like, it's not your lifting that captures the attention ultimately. For me anyway, that's just a personal opinion. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's your personality. Your personality was unique when I first discovered it on YouTube. It was very charismatic and it, it was overwhelming at times, but very inspirational because it was a guy <laughs> underground basement gym, going absolutely yeah. apeshit. Like, the opposite of what you see most guys doing, where they just sort of celebrate quietly, whereas you looked oh, like yeah. you were close to having a fit yeah. at times. But do you feel like as your YouTube career progressed yeah. that, that you started to ramp up that personality?
1: Uh Well, it depends on what phase we're, we're talking about here. I mean, like, I think... um kind of like in 2014 it's like when i first started doing like the behind the back deadlifts online that's like when i first really started my channel and uh it was just about the lit it was just about the lifts you know what i mean so there's no personality like it was just yeah. lift weight put it down camera turned off videos were like six seconds long you know what i mean <laughs> again just like a training log a virtual training log yeah. uh, and then uh like in 2015 once I kind of started talking more, uh, I just realized that, you know, people like energy, I guess. And I was like, man, I can really tap into this energy and I can just kind of let it all loose. Right. And people connected to it and just, it felt good. Right. And it was fun. It was a good release. Um, I think I was very stressed at that time too. You know, like I was not making any money through my job. Um, like I my, I had, like, a daughter on the way. It was just a stressful time, you know? So that was, like, a big release for me. Um, and then a big, kind of a pivotal moment in my channel was when I, like, got hired by WWE because I couldn't be as, like, obscene as I was. Yeah. Like, they yeah. told me, like, I had to take stuff down or whatever. and So then that caused a big shift. So I think that that's kind of, like, where it was more of, like, okay, like... I have to I could be I don't know like I almost had to um, just approach my lifting in a different way especially cuz I was I had a career now like a physical career that was paying my bills whereas before it was just like an outlet for me so I had to be kind of careful with my lifting and what I said and all that so I think that just kind of made me more of a like you said, it wasn't so much about the lifting at that point. It's like, it had to kind of tap more into like the person, you know what I mean? And, um, and I kind of just realized that I'm just, I'm just naturally just a very like energetic person. I don't know if it comes through like, for like what reason, like performance anxiety, but I just really just am an energized person, like on camera. Um, so I think it's kind of me just honing in. I'm like, I just got, more comfortable being on camera and being like, yeah, trying to uh, be like an entertaining in a sense. You know what I mean? Because a lot yeah, of yeah. people are boring. And they have yeah. no personality. I was like, well, fuck! I have personality. I can maybe I can keep this channel really going through personality, since the lifting kind of has to take a back seat now. Yeah, and it's, just, you- I mean, it's, it's but it's just, it's hard to wrap your mind around. Like, okay, this was this. This was this. everything was. You know, we're talking. We're talking uh, like nine years of development. You know what I mean? So it's just everything's just so gradual. So looking back, yeah. it's oh, like it's hard to pinpoint moments. But it's, it's yeah. just through videos and having to take stuff down, and then having to be like, all right, well, shit. Now I don't have that. I can't crank music and swear and be insane anymore. But that's what I like doing. But how can I? I don't know. How can I keep? My channel going without that, which was what I was known for before. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting that you actually kept your channel in some respects, because a lot of people would have probably just read, "I've got a new career, I'm just putting this on the back burner." Whereas you obviously well, I, I still never, had that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I never really cared about. <clears throat> I never wanted my. The channel was never my priority. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always had other jobs and stuff too. It's just kind of an outlet of like, uh, I just like. Coming up with tidbits, <laughs> shit like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? I like having a community, so that's just the that was the driving force, really.
0: Yeah, and I yeah, still yeah. That. Yeah. It's so just, do you think
1: more, and that people people care about what I think? You know what I mean? And I like shooting ideas. I like coming up with stuff, and
0: yeah, know, it's
1: like it's like having. It's like online people, your community, it's like your friends in a sense. Like when I go to the gym yeah. today, like, so like today, for instance, I came up with this cool way of strapping more weights on the on the dumbbells. You know what I mean? I'm excited to tell people about it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. I said you are the man who probably spawned a million uh, garlic shakes.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: It, <laughs> it's quite interesting when you realize the influence you have over people. But do you think at this point you're going to go back to – your roots in that respect with regards to your YouTube content?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, because life is just about evolving. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, I want to go back and be this person. Like, I was not the same person I was 10 years ago. You know what I mean? And uh, I think it's all those characteristics are still there. I just, at this point, I feel like I'm just a blend of everything right now. Like, I, when I want to scream and go crazy in my garage, I can do it. When I want to talk about golden tidbits. I can do it when I want to go to the gym and get a bulbous pump. You know what I'm talking about? I can just, I can just do anything I want right now. But um, it's just, like I said, it's nine years of uploading stuff. I just kind of discovered what I like to do and what I don't. And I feel like I've, oftentimes in the past i felt very pigeonholed about what I've, what my channel was.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anybody that you watch right now on YouTube yourself that catches your interest?
1: I don't really, like, um, follow people to the T. I just, like, I usually go off of what's recommended. And unfortunately, I think that's kind of what's wrong with YouTube is, like, their algorithms really change, like, what they recommend to you. It's not necessarily like how it was before. If you watch someone's video, more of their stuff would pop up. I feel like now it's just like, oh, this channel is hot. You should watch this. But, like, I know, like, I see everything that everyone sees, you know what I mean? Like, the renaissance periodization stuff, you know, Dr. Mike's, you know, a funny guy. Uh, obviously, Juji, who I, I feel like I'm good friends with him. I enjoy watching his stuff. He's entertaining, you know. Yeah, you think, yeah, go do you ahead.
0: think YouTube Fitness is becoming too polished in some respects?
1: Oh, for sure. But, I mean, I don't know if it's a bad thing. If anything, it's just a bad thing for me. <laughs> because I've <laughs> always been about being unpolished. And I feel like it's like really, it's like I have to adapt or just fade away into oblivion, which I hate. You know what I mean? But yeah, everything's just like people want. Dude, I just watched, I watched like a Renaissance periodization video or whatever, and I was like, bro, this is like a fucking cinematic Hollywood movie. <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about the angles and the slow motion. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? It's yeah. huge. What I mean, that's I feel like that's the quality that. Most people want now, which is kind of why it's hard for me to like see growth now. You know what I mean? Like before I used to just be able to go off of my personality and my energy. And now people are like, Oh, this guy's uh he doesn't use a Sony triple X five K, you know, what I, mean? I got a wide fish eyed wide lens and slow motion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, but do you know that that's an interesting point because
1: I, I I absolutely
0: agree. Like the polish stuff is going to get pushed. Yeah. but I th- do you think that there's going to be a renaissance in that respect where people are going to start looking for authenticity
1: maybe i mean i feel like there's always going to be like an anti-movement anti- you know what i mean like that's the way like i feel like a lot of people are seeing how high production everything is now so i think people will like gritty stuff as well but i feel like the masses for the most part like you can't go back you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah but yeah, like, yeah.
1: Or like the better production is going to get more eyeballs yeah
0: yeah okay so i'm going to have to move on but before i do what does the future hold uh, for yourself with regards to your training do you plan to train in this fashion for the next few years or can you see your training taking a diversion of sorts
1: no i mean i basically i just train the way i want to train right now The found to be the best, most effective and fun. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? So there's no going back in that. Like like I said, like through my YouTube nine year run or whatever, like that's all just I upload what I do, you know what I mean? What you see is what you get. And I've gone through so many different phases of training that I've been lifting for twenty five years now. You know what I mean? I don't think it's gonna be like, Oh man, I can't believe I didn't do that before. I tried all this shit, you know? Like now <laughs> like stuff do some fun cool lifts here and there do some volume high pump shit there you know just blend it all you know what i mean that's why i find it so funny when they try to make it black and white strict reps and tempos and all that like you just do it all you know
0: yeah yeah You, you made an interesting point in a video i recently watched where you spoke about how fitness is really simple and in order to carve a niche people need to complicate it now. They need to start adding stuff because guys like me will always watch fitness content and the beginner shit doesn't really jive anymore. We're just looking for little intricacies to keep us watching the content that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things.
1: Well, I feel like, yeah, for the most part, like everything that's effective is already well known. So it's just like, how can you break out of the norm and make a name for yourself? So I feel like, everything has to be so like extreme now in order to catch someone's eye. Like, Oh my God, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of not to say that I planned it because I, I didn't, I just enjoyed it. But I feel like that's kind of what I caught a lot of people's eye because, well, not a lot, but a small people amount of people. Cause I was doing like one lift every single day, like the same lift. And I feel like that deviated so much from people's like concept of what lifting is that it got their attention but that was just because that's what I found worked for me. You know what I mean? But I guess I'm fortunate that I tried something like that and really believed in it because that got people talking about me. Not a ton, again. I'm not like a million followers or anything like that. But enough. You know what I mean? Where I kind of started making a name for myself. And I feel like there's so many people that are trying to find weird shit, too, to really, like, coin. Like, oh, man, but this is the... You got to do these movements and you got to do it this way. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, it's just you have to do, you have to make extreme statements to catch people's eyes because everyone, you know, everyone's already heard everything and seen everything now at this point with like the internet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very hard
1: time to come up with fresh content, really.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Eric, that was an absolute uh, treasure trove of information. A lot to take in there. I'm, sh- I'm sure the viewers will get a shit a ton of value because I did, because my head is still spinning, mate. My head is still spinning. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, this is this is a daft question, but yeah. for anyone who's listening, can you tell them where they can find you?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, because I've had to change my name a couple of times. So now I've had to, the only handle I could get is Eric Bugenhagen Official. There's a couple other Eric Bogenhagens out there, but yeah, Instagram and YouTube. It's Eric Bogenhagen official. Um, what do I got? I got I got so much shit, man. If you want a private message from me, I got a cameo, Eric Bogenhagen. I think it's like kind <laughs> of sewer of bulbous mass. If you want more of like my um, trial and error and experimenting with lifting, I have a Patreon, Eric Bogenhagen. Uh, Twitter I, th- I just hate that platform I'm there but I don't really ever use it that's Eric like underscore Boenhog and freaking Facebook brother I I don't even know someone told me I should start like a a page on there which I did years ago but dude I I probably uploaded like five things on there in the matter of uh, three years so it's yeah. like yeah. Twitter and Facebook couldn't care less about. YouTube and Instagram that's where I'm at and then of course like Cameo and Patreon for more like uh personal stuff.
0: Okay, doc. Well, I'll try and fire all those links in the description. Yeah, they're kind of all my YouTube it.
1: channel if you want to find them. They're all uh if you go to like about or something.
0: No problem. Well, anyway, Eric, it's been right. an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming yeah, on. Yeah,
1: brother. Good talking to you two times. everybody.
0: <laughs> <Best laughs> <of the> time. <laughs> Thanks very much.
1: All right, have a good one.
0: You too, buddy. Yeah.